last night, so it's a clean flood, clean cup for today. There you go. Yep. Feels good after a while too, probably, right? I just ditched my winter beard like a week ago, so. Yeah. How does that feel? I I look in the mirror and I look younger, so. <laughs> I guess, and that's actually why I grew the beard out, because I I kept going into these meetings and with all these people who were above the age of people who were 60 or older and they're looking at me like who's this kid they're always making those comments right Uh, sometimes yeah Uh, the interesting thing and i'm still not sure exactly like how to take this but somebody because i i I already did a lot of communicating over email and stuff so uh, when i do audits that's the first time i meet people in person and she was like, from your emails, I thought you would be much older. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, is that, is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? I would take Apparently it as a I good thing. I write emails like an old man. So I'd take it as a, you're, you're, you're typing out your communications very well. And they weren't exactly. expecting to see a young guy come in with that well of a typed out email, probably. <laughs> It, it takes skill to write a communication, you know, so. <laughs> it's always right. good to be a city younger, so. Yes. All right. Well, what I usually like to do is, especially since there's new faces, I like to introduce everybody by uh, giving the information you guys sent to me before we got started uh, for the show, for episode number seven of the Dinner Table Show. And that is first on my docket is Antonio. Hi, Antonio. How's it going? <laughs> the game he's into right now is Level Head. He's actually doing a review on that for yeah. for the Nintendo Dads. And he's playing Animal Crossing. And something and something about him that someone would think that, we, he, that he made up is many moons ago, he was a member of the under-17 U.S. national soccer team. Yeah, that was... Uh, talk about many moons. Yes, <laughs> very, very long time ago. But yeah, that, that is something that typically people wouldn't expect. Uh, when when I when I told him that story, yeah. So are you still into soccer at all? Um, I to be honest, haven't played much these days. But like my son's been wanting to kick the ball around in the backyard recently, so it's it's sort of ignited that a little bit uh, again. So you know, maybe, maybe here in the near future, I'll, I'll I'll pick it back up. I see a future coach going right now, right there. <laughs> future uh, little league coach there. All right. Next up on the docket is Chris. Welcome back, Chris. The second time, and he's also playing Animal Crossing like the rest of the world, and lots of SNES games. Like yeah, what? well, so <laughs> so uh, thanks for having me again, Tim. It's been yeah, this is a lot of fun. I really appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I'm, I wrote a piece on the Nintendo website, and so I kind of went back and, and looked at all the SNES games that I wanted to have brought under the Switch because there's a uh, They've got a good selection on there, but there is uh, there's a little lacking, especially I think you and I connect on the sports side. I'd like to see a lot more sports games, but uh, was big. Um, I was big into SimCity when I was younger. I used to, used to play that a lot. Kind of a little sale on the Animal Crossing side, so you can see the connection there. NBA Jam, that that, that I love playing NBA Jam. I could go on that. I could go on that forever, and then. Of course, my new Crusade, NHL 94. I'll play that wherever I can. Uh, and that was one definitely in college. We used to get a bunch of us at uh, in the dorm 
and just go walk for hours. Love love NHL 94. Yes, that's definitely one of those games where I remember we would get try to find because you could do eight players in that one, right? If you had the two, uh, yeah, two connector four four player connector things, right? You could do up to yeah. eight players. Yeah. Oh, and we would you know we're trying to find that second one for somebody. We always had one, but never had the second one. <laughs> yeah, the most we ever got was four. Uh, yeah. And you'd often find the fourth player somewhere off on the other side of the rink. So it, the best was really the two-on-two. Two. And you would just do grudge matches. And I had a friend who would run up the score like crazy. So every time we would go head-to-head, I really just want to beat him because I had all those. He he would, like, 13 or 14 to two, and he's still trying to trying to score. And, and they're like, oh, man, he's just rubbing it in now. Punk. But exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and you hate that. But all the more you wanted to beat him next time. Yeah, Madden Madden '94 too for me is like is one of the, one of the first sports games that uh, I really I really loved. And international superstar soccer was another one that uh, that I loved. That was a little bit later though. That was on on, on the '64. But yeah, the, love those old school sports games for sure. Excellent. Yeah, I'm with you on the uh, sports games. Um, and you just made me think of something too. You know how EA is kind of you know saying yeah we're gonna bring more games over. Wouldn't that be kind of something if they were working in the background with Nintendo to do to add that to the Nintendo Online? <laughs> to some oh of those old God. EA games. <laughs> I would love that so much. Mira Lemieux is running a, a tournament. Well, the, the site that's running the tournament, they're doing it online and they're partnering with Mira Lemieux, who coincidentally is in the game. Yeah. And so everyone paid $20 to enter the tournament and all that money went to cancer research, the Mira Lemieux Foundation. Nice. Uh, I can't see why players. I know that this is like licensing is a is an issue, and a lot of the games that I would want to bring to Switch now, you know, you'd have to get the league, the right. players' association on the side. But hey, if they could do it, that'd be that'd be awesome. Yeah, well, it, and it was kind of the same issue with the Golden Eye when they brought did this the renew the the remastered version back in what two thousand something. Um, right. But they couldn't use the uh, Pierce Brosnan bond. They had to use the um, new bond. Uh, yeah, Daniel Craig. Yeah, Daniel Craig in that one. So, which was weird, but they were able to still use some of the other assets at least. So, I that's why I always wondered if if they would bring Madden, you know, ninety four, ninety five, or ninety six, or any of those over, or NHL ninety four over, and they with the newer roster where they had those permissions still because they were in cahoots with the the leagues then maybe that would work but It'll you know a maybe it's easier with the older game too because you don't have to change the textures all that much you know what i mean you can like perhaps tweak them a little bit depending on the overall player but it's more like names and roster update that you would need to to keep in touch for for the uh, for the old school games if you wanted to modernize them for instance yeah It'd be in the case in the case of nhl 94 there's a couple people who've hacked the rom and you've got all the current rosters all the current teams yeah, so it's really cool, cool how they've cool. even animated the logos and everything for the new teams. That's awesome. They could have a whole show on that, probably. So, probably <laughs> <laughs> could, yeah. All right, so next up, uh, we have Sam, of course, the third strongest mole. He's playing currently playing XCOM 2, uh, War of the Chosen, uh, and you're using an Iron Man model, I guess. Is that what you had in your notes there, Sam? Yeah, um, Iron Man, and, and you're 
you're thinking maybe there might be Nintendo characters if X, when XCOM comes over, probably? Well, I, I don't know if you saw this. I, I shared on the Discord. I was messing with the character editor and trying to do... Oh, that's right, as, yes. As close as I could to get... Uh, Yes. Get some, uh, replicate some Nintendo characters, but reimagine them as you know, right. these XCOM characters. So I've, I've still got some like of those. them. Um, Luigi is actually my, my number one medic right now. He's, he's all the way promoted. <laughs> so he survived awesome. a lot of missions. Tim, uh, what's, what's Iron Man mode? So Iron Man mode is you get one save and every time you take a turn, it overwrites. Uh, so you basically cannot go back. No take backsies. Brutal. And that is, yeah. It's pretty intense. And <laughs> I have like torture. on the second highest difficulty. And I have restarted twice. Yeah. Um, but it, it's, it, it's interesting because it, if you've played XCOM or, or seen anybody play XCOM, it, it does have permanent death for characters. So if somebody dies on a mission, that's it. Now, sometimes when somebody's health goes to zero, they'll bleed out. And if you can get a, get a medic over there and heal them in time, they'll survive. Um, but they will be wounded for a while. Um, but, uh, I mean, I, 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 was in, I started not playing on Iron Man because I'd never done that because it's intimidating. But I played this mission, I had my whole team wiped, and then I reloaded my save, and I, I beat it, like, flawlessly. And I, it felt empty. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to do Iron Man. So it, it's been a lot of fun. It's added that extra extra layer. Because I played through the original XCOM 2 campaign some time ago after the game came out. Um, I played some when the expansion, that's War of the Chosen, came out. And... Um, that was, I, I got to a point where I could kind of see all the new content and then I just kind of dropped the campaign I never played through. So okay. uh, yeah, I got back into that and it's it's been a load of fun. So anybody looking to pick that up on Switch May 28th, uh, it's on the way. There's yeah. a little bit of that, like um, that healing aspect in the Banner Saga trilogy as well, like where you, you may have like a, a character perish or like come come close to death. But then you'll like they'll have to sit out the next like X number of of uh, of, uh, of battles. For instance, they'll like healing up, and they can come back into the party. Yeah. Um, the other interesting thing too, and this is something I never even experienced on a past playthrough, because usually if I if I lost somebody and they were, you know, like one of my best people, I would usually reload the save. Um, but I had a mission end in failure and. I think two of my units escaped. One of them died. It was actually Captain Falcon. He died. Sorry. Rest in peace, Captain Falcon. Um, but, uh, and then the rest of them, the other three of them were uh, captured. So units can be captured instead of uh, killed. And if that happens, you might get a mission later on where you get to rescue them. Um, so I actually cool. had that happen for the first time. I'm still waiting to rescue Tom Nook, though. He, he, that loss is breaking my heart. <laughs> That's crazy. Gotta take him out, right? What was that, Elvis? Uh, he, he got taken by uh, Red, that guy that gives you fake paintings. I think it's oh, the same, yeah, right? He's got red. But red was an alien all along. He's been exposed. <laughs> well, speaking of Elvis, 
this is the first time he's been on the dinner been at the dinner table and uh you guys might know him better as mecha dragon 101 he's uh playing mother three in pokemon mystery dungeon dx and something you may not believe is that he met muhammad ali as a child elvis nice of you to join us thanks for joining us yay thank you um it's kind of great that i'm finally get to see you guys and hang out and talk and stuff um but yeah a few quick things um yeah like i said my mom assumed that i met muhammad lee when i was a kid and i believe anything my mom says so i guess that's a, that's true i guess that i met muhammad lee when i was a kid um but besides that uh um what am i supposed to say like just anything about me anything you just it, those type of things or if you want to talk about the game you're playing you know mother three uh, how's that going is this your first playthrough or is this uh I, um sorry sorry for cutting you off oh, Tim. no, no um yeah during this whole quarantine decided to maybe uh play some of the mother games so like recently i beat earthbound like a few weeks ago that was my first time playing through earthbound um it was a good time um guy is much more scary when you play in person so i after that, I decided to play Mother 3. Um, I've been a little, I haven't really played as much as I should have because on the side, I've also been like teaching myself Spanish and teaching myself to draw during this whole quarantine when I have all the free time in the world. But um, hopefully, eventually, I can beat uh, Mother 3 and Pokemon. There's like so many games on my backlog that I have to beat. Like, I, I want to at least get through one of those games before um, Xenoblade Chronicles comes out at the end of the month because I do want to get to that game. Um, I feel like I got that game so many times I never get around to beating it, but I want to get through it. Um, um, what else? I, that's mostly it. I just been like, I don't know, my life is dull. I just been practicing stuff while you know playing games like that. And doesn't sound get dull. To me. <laughs> Sounds pretty awesome to me. Where do you play the three? Oh, um, I have a repro cartridge I got from a big con a few years ago, so I've been using that, and I got like a on my GameCube player through the uh, Game Boy interface thing. That, that was not fun to install, but I, I do it that way. Originally, I wanted to wait Sweet. for the analog or the Hyperkin thing to play Mother 3, but that's it doesn't seem like I think it's coming anytime soon, especially due to a certain health crisis. So I was like, you know what? Let me play this now. And I did order a um, one of those EverDrive things. Have you ever seen those before? I got one for the NES. They just released a new model, so I'm hoping to get through Mother 3. Before that comes in the mail, so I can start with Mother 1, because, you know, I already beat Mother 2, and hopefully they beat Mother 3, so by then I can get to Mother 1, and I'm a little worried about Mother 1, because I heard it's like a huge grind fest, but, you know, it's, it's fine. It's, that's mostly how old RPGs were like back in the days. Nice. That is really yeah, cool. see what I've been doing. Just, like I said, playing games. I gotta get back to Animal Crossing stuff. Sorry for talking a lot. No, no. That's awesome. Yeah, we've, um, I've I've always had an uh, interest in mother the mother games, especially uh, you know ones we had here in the U.S. Obviously, but uh, um, I never got around to playing them. So it was one of those things that I have it now on you know this Super Nintendo Classic, and hopefully one of these days I'll be able to boot it up. So actually, cool. I actually was playing it on my. Okay, I also have an EverDrive for the Super Nintendo, and I was playing on that mostly because I want to justify the purchase of that EverDrive and my phone consoles. Because I'm like, I already spent like over hundred dollars on both of these things. Might as well, sorry, might as well use those as well. But right, uh, you should give give it a shot, Everett. It's a it was a fun game. It was a little difficult in some parts, but 
You know, it's one of those games where you have to play before you die, if that makes sense. Yes, it's in the bucket list, definitely. All right, moving on, and we've we got Vince in. Sorry, Vince, for uh, noticing too late, uh, a little late there that you were waiting for getting in. <laughs> but you're on mute. There you yeah. go. <laughs> but no you're problem. also playing. Uh, actually, anime. I thought that was thought that was my bad. Uh, my internet's been kind of wonky, uh-huh. so if I cut out. I apologize in advance. So, uh, yeah. It's all good. We're glad you could make it. I even see you in the window. What was that, Elvis? I'm on the Zoom website. There's like four windows. I see you, Chris. Sorry. Yes. Yep. Um, Everybody should be in. And uh, we'll go into Vince here playing Animal Crossing with yours, playing Animal Crossing with your younger son, and Smash Ultimate with your daughter. Yep. And the thing yep. that nobody would probably believe is that you party with Gary Sinise, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is it's true. That's pretty cool. You yeah, got pictures. Yeah. <laughs> um, somewhere, somewhere. <laughs> or did you guys? Uh, or did you guys um, have to burn him? <laughs> <laughs> not that kind of not that kind of party um right. no, it was um it was uh, several years back i was uh, still active duty army um i was a i was a photojournalist um right. back then and uh i got a i got an interesting assignment got to work at the the west point um you know u.s military academy and uh one one summer uh gary sinise came with his lieutenant dan band um, so I got to live out a little dream of like playing Rolling Stone photographer at a rock concert. Um, it was it was pretty cool. Got to meet him afterwards. Um, just like uh, you know, kind of regular meet and greet with uh, you know the other uh, other cadets and you know the cadre there. And yeah, he's a really he's a really good guy. Really good guy. It was it's definitely on um, one of my one of the highlights of uh, of my military career. I couldn't quite, I could, I couldn't quite settle on one because I had a few that I wanted to, I wanted to send you, but uh, I went with Gary Sinise. Yeah, well, there'll be plenty of times you can give us other ones. So, <laughs> absolutely, yeah, I got war stories. I got, nice. I got, I got those. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm glad you guys all could join in and share these little stories. A little, um, I guess these can be considered a little appetizers, right? So. I guess we started our dinner with the appetizers, uh, but then we can also jump right into, I guess, the bigger appetizer, which is something I wanted to start with, a retro rewind, which uh, Antonio, as you can see, has for those here, but if you're listening, you won't see it, but behind him, because we're using Zoom, he's got the Super Castlevania Four cover art from the box behind him. So Antonio, I take it you played a little bit? Or you yeah, no, I'm, I'm I'm actually I'm actually about halfway through. No, this was actually the first, the very first time that I've played any Castlevania game, so which which was, you know, kind of an experience. You know, yeah, you kind same. of hearing the the Metroidvania moniker, right? I was way more of a Metroid fan growing up. I had all of the the Metroid games. Um, I'm I'm really glad that it's not Castleroids and it is Metroidvania, because. I certainly think that the the Metroid series is far better, frankly. I mean, after playing through through this one, I, I did enjoy it thus far. You know what I what I've played, 
but I certainly don't think that the Castlevania series even holds a cup of tea to to the Metroid series. And we could talk about that a little bit more, but I, I just think in general, just sure. just from the, the gameplay, uh, the art style itself, uh, some of the mechanics, I certainly uh, prefer the, the Metroid uh, versions of the, of, the, uh, of the genre. Okay. I'm sure somebody might per, um, make a comment on that too, but uh, one thing I'll say is that in regards to Castlevania 4, I don't think the the Metroid element took place until later on when you started getting into, say, the GBA games or the DS games, where you got more of the Castleroids, if you will, aspect of it, where you would get something and go be able to go back. Sure, yeah. Um, this is definitely more linear straight through, but... Yeah. Didn't anybody Metroid else? Started with Symphony of the Night, though? That's when they kind of became... Metro Metrovania that when people took the gameplay of Symphony of the Night and combined it with Metroid. Yeah, it actually may have started there because, and I, t- to be honest, I never played Symphony of the Night, but I believe that was the first one. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I'm hoping to be able to play. It. Did that come on the collection? I don't remember. It, it, there was uh, a PS3. There was one on PS3, PS4. Yeah. Oh, the PS4 has that one. Okay, gotcha. It's not on this one. With uh, Rondo of Blood, I think. That's right. That's why I wanted that. <laughs> That's why Metro- I wanted that. I feel like we should think of a new name for Metrovania, because I don't know. I, I never really liked that name of the genre, because it's just like, it's combining two different games in one. Uh, I feel like we could, if we try hard enough, we could think of a different name, but maybe that's just me. Yeah, well, that's why we always mention Castle Roids, too, because yeah. of the, the Mega Dads. <laughs> it's, it's, I think by now it's like roguelike. Yeah. Because at this point, roguelikes don't have much to do with rogue. <laughs> and I just had to, I had, Marty had to teach me on ro- the difference between roguelike and roguelite, you know, so because I didn't quite understand the difference there. Yeah, remember so that. I, if you ask me what it is now, I probably wouldn't be able to repeat it, but he did have to teach me it. <laughs> but how about the rest of you guys? Do you have any memories of the game or your playthrough? If you pl- played through it recently, thoughts on Super Castlevania 4? Can I speak about that? Or? Oh. Can, What's that? So, so can I talk about Castlevania thing? Yeah, you go ahead. Talk about Super Castlevania 4. Did you play some? Oh yeah, um, I played a bit of it. Um, to be honest, I I, I haven't beat it yet. I feel like I probably should have played it before the podcast, but I forgot to. Sorry, but I did play it plenty of times. It's like on the Super Nintendo Classic Edition. I also have the uh, Castlevania collection that they they brought out on the Switch. And um, based on like the reviews, something that I saw the game, it sounds it looks very interesting because you know it's not as difficult as other Castlevania games like Castlevania two and three. But it does so much things different in the series. Like, they have, like, the, the whip that goes, like, a little crazy, which is pretty cool. And there's also, um, like, exploration and stuff and linear and stuff. And, I don't know, maybe uh, it's one of those games I should probably get around to doing. Like, I got to be, there's, like, a bunch of Castlevania games I should get around to playing, to be honest. But I'll start with four, because that and I heard is also James Ross Fair Castlevania 2, which is cool. I also heard three was really good too for you know because I don't really like going back to the NES games, but three I heard on the NES was really good, so I might go back and try to give that a go. But anybody else uh, uh, 
playing Super Castlevania 4, more information. I've, I've got all the way through to Dracula, and I've tried to beat Dracula several times and cannot figure out the pattern or what I have to do to, figure, to beat that guy. I just keep losing um, and just... But every time I... When I got to him, it was pretty late, and so I was like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go play with him again tomorrow, and then never got around to it, and then I tried again, and it was late, and I'm just like, you know what, I think I need to have a, a fresh fingers and fresh mind <laughs> before I go, out, go for Dracula here. Anybody else? Uh, yeah, Tim. Sorry, go ahead. You're up, Chris. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I was gonna say, Tim. A lot more. A lot of my memories from Castlevania were more from the NES. I remember how everybody hated two for some reason. I think because it had a lot more of the RPG kind of elements to it, and a lot more of that backtracking when you had to go get something to do something else. And uh, I, I liked three a lot, and um, so I didn't play Super Castlevania four a lot until uh, much recently. Uh, I tried to play along with Marty when he did the YouTube video, the Let's Play, uh, and after, like, he's he's on level four, and I'm way behind. He's just so so skilled at this game. It was just amazing <laughs> trying to... There was no keeping up. Right, uh, and Marty's smoking pools. Yeah, for he sure. He is, yeah, and it was good to watch and uh, take take hints and to see what to expect because there, it's, it's not a hard game, but it's it's not bad to see get some tips for the for a lot of the bosses it makes them a lot easier when he gives you those those hints like oh here you can stand here and you can avoid a lot of the damage and, and that but no he was way ahead of me yeah. i think i got i think i only got to the and it's the room you have to take your whip onto the hook and then it, the whole room spins yeah oh yes yeah i wasn't getting past there <laughs> that was the that's like the first time we, we talked about the mode seven in the last episode but that was like yeah. the first time that you experienced it in the in this game, right? Yeah, Either that before, or when you're before in the you get the barrel room. room. Yeah, 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 exactly. I, I actually had a couple questions for you on this. Tim was sure. um, actually three questions, and I'll, I'll just I'll just go off. What where did you play it? Like, how did you play it? On uh, was it uh, the classic or was it in the collection? Would, where, how was originally it? I was originally gonna do the classic uh, because I have that, but. I got lazy and I wanted to be able to play it on the go, so I just went ahead and bought the collection. <laughs> so that's what I did as well. Yeah. Yeah, and so that's where and I then, played it, and that's why I was able to send clips too from my Switch because uh, oh, I cool. was sending them to Twitter some clips when I was getting to the end <laughs> of each boss. So if you go to and my Twitter page, I've got a. Every time I play it, I just kept posting. You know, I finally beat this one, this one, and this one. <laughs> Can I just say, Chris, you mentioned how um, no one knows why the second and third game is hard. I think people don't like the second game because it's very cryptic, if that makes sense. And the third game is just very difficult, to say the least. I um, also heard the third game is kind of a prequel to the first one, if I remember. I don't know, the Castlevania lore can be kind of complicated, from what I heard. Yeah, I think the timeline's all a little bit all over the place. But, uh, yeah, I mean... I didn't mind too going back and, and having like, the, like the collecting of the items. That wasn't really my, I never really had a problem with that. I think I do though prefer the more linear, like the Super Castlevania 4, where you're just going straight ahead. And, yeah, straight ahead. Yeah. Okay. So three, three does, three or two does the, you go back for items? Which one did you say it was three? It's two. It's Simon's okay. Quest. Yeah, it's two. Okay, and, and, so that has uh, a little bit of the Metroidvania or Metroid elements where you go back for stuff then. Okay. 
Yeah, it's got a lot, like I looked it up online. And there's a lot of hate for that game. Uh, it's almost like Super Mario 2, where people are like, "This is too much. This isn't like the game we we knew from the first one. We don't like it." And uh, like yeah, Zelda 2. Castlevania 2 is the see, Zelda. but I love I love Zelda 2. Now yeah. we're gonna start a thing with that, but because <laughs> <laughs> that's some of that James Roth from you know trash talking the game for so many years. I mean, that's basically was was his first video game. He said was you know bad. Yeah, it seemed like a lot. Of, it's just like now, but just imagine if they had the uh, social media back then, right? If <laughs> Zelda Two or uh, you know Castlevania Two came out, or all these other ones where they went different a route from one to two, people would have been blowing it up and hating on it. Not to get too more. off topic, but I still think history will vindicate Star Fox Zero. People will be like, "Oh, that game was so good. People didn't appreciate it enough." I believe you. I. I I replayed, and people might disagree with me still here. I don't know if you guys will, but um, Other M, Metroid Other M, I really enjoyed that game. I didn't mind the story. There were a couple things I could see where people were complaining about it, but it was just the, the story scenes that I could see people complain about. But the whole game, I don't see why people were complaining about that. To me, I thought that was a lot of fun. So, The problem is if you stick to the format too 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 much from the previous game you get people complaining i don't you didn't do anything different or you didn't innovate or bring anything new to the game yeah why would i buy this new one i just have the one from the previous version and we saw that with zelda right before breath of the wild came out we saw that like uh well, i hope they do something new with zelda you know because it's just the same formula where go here 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 and here to get these things but there's no um variation to it so and then breath of the wild came out and then uh the uh what was the the 3ds one the uh triforce heroes no not that one one before that the the one where it was the sequel to link to the past oh uh link to links link between worlds link between worlds thank you yeah Yeah. so that one you could go you could go get your own you could pick where what items you wanted to get instead of having to follow a linear type of thing too so it was a little bit different so but yeah, for a long time, people were complaining about that with Zelda. So but I could like, see that. No, but like, it, it's, it's a double-edged sword because you have on one side, people are going to complain that, oh, you should have done the same thing before. But then you have mm-hmm. another group of people saying like, oh, this is the same thing over and over again. What's any different? It's like, that's the problem with Nintendo games. Like, for example, Pokemon, people say it's the same thing over and over again. But then when, for example, the new Paper Mario game that got announced, people are like, can you go back to the original formula? So like, you can never please anybody when it comes to Nintendo games. Yeah. Well, fortunately, the people who complain are the people who are the loudest, right? So. And they're buying yeah. anyways. Yeah, and they end up buying it right. Well, it, it's just <laughs> very hard to do. It's it's hard to sell people on something when it's different. And yeah, you know, Castlevania is an interesting case because I think the the classic style really peaked here with four, and then. You know, it kind of tapered off until we got Symphony of the Night, and then we got this new spin on it that really stuck that that people... And there are people who who never really took to that. Um, I know Marty's said as much, I think, before, that he he just doesn't like the the Metroidvanias as much. Um, But, I mean, it, it really set a new course for the series, and eventually that sort of, you know, got old, and they did the thing with, um, what was it? What was the one after that? The one that played sort of like God of War. I never even bothered. Oh, the mirrors, something, um, fate, mirror of fate, or something like that. The people who made Samus return, right? Lords of Shadow. That's that's the title. 
think. Maybe I just came up with that. I might be thinking of the 3DS one. Vania, let's see. Um, yeah, Lords of Shadow, and then they had a second one. Um, and then there was Mirror of Fate, which I think came out for the 3DS, which I which I actually enjoyed. It was kind of like a... It was kind of a mix between the Lords of Shadow, but it still kept some of those elements from the DS or games. It's kind of interesting in my case too, because I I came to Castlevania pretty late. I didn't have the I didn't have Super Castlevania Four as an original uh, SNES cart, um, but uh, I I kind of got into the series through the Game Boy Advance games, and even then they were already kind of old. I kind of just went back. There was a point where I was just most of the new games I bought were old Game Boy Advance games because I wasn't as interested in a lot of the stuff coming out for, like, GameCube and stuff. Um, and so I got in with um, Aria of Sorrow, and I really liked that. So I collected the other Game Boy Advance games. And eventually, I think the first time I played Super Castlevania was on the Wii Virtual Console. And nice. uh, after that, I was like, how did I miss this? This is, like, <laughs> one of the best Super Nintendo games. And since then, it's kind of been something I replayed um, almost on the same level as Mega Man X, which is probably my most replayed game. That is the game I could possibly play through blindfolded at some point. Uh, But, I mean, Super Castlevania is up there for me. Nice. So how do I beat Dracula? (laughs) Um, Well, the easiest thing is to get chicken from him, which is a little bit random. Yes. You could ask Marty. That attack or that crazy attack that goes all over the place. If you hit it, it drops a chicken. Yeah, I, I've gotten those, but it seems like I only get like two, maybe three of those, and then he doesn't do it again. Or at least I don't last it long it's enough. It's a pretty get to it. timing, but what yeah. I do is I, for that first phase when he shoots the fireballs, um, I will whip right when he tosses the fireball. That splits it into three, so then you have to immediately jump, and then that's your chance to hit him in the head. Okay. You can jump over that split fireball into three, because if you don't hit it first, then it will split upward, and you can't just jump over it. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. Good tips um, to know. I think that's a question um, on the topic of um, Castlevania. Um, which one do you guys got the uh, Castlevania collection on the Switch? That's, that's how I played it. So I, I played through using, using the collection. Out of curiosity, um, there's also like they also have the game called Kid Dracula. That's like a translated version of the known NES game that we never got in the states. I'm just wondering if you guys, you know, bought, played the game or beat it as well in the collection. I haven't no, yet. I, yeah, so, so Super Castlevania Four is the the only one that I've I've played played through thus far, or I played through a bit. I haven't I haven't beat it yet, just like Tim. I have um, the collection too. I played a little bit of Kid Dracula. Um, it didn't really hold my interest. It was just kind of like, oh, this is this is a game. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. It just didn't, you know, pop out at me as something I needed to play all the way through. So it's I think I got through the first couple original of Original Castlevania, because it's more of a platformer. We, we got the Game Boy game, but we didn't get the NES game. I was just wondering, because it's one of those times in back, back, in the, back in the days where, like, game series were, like, dude, different things with their franchise if that makes sense yeah yeah i, I like 
think that that I didn't I didn't really dig about about Castlevania Four were uh, some of the some of the movement and some of the platforming. I thought that they just seemed a little off to me. And I, one of the things I was thinking about was was um, kind of the screens that I was playing on. And that was one, another one of the questions I had for you guys was what was the size of the screen that you were you were playing on? Because I found the bigger the screen that I was playing on. Uh, for Castlevania 4, the, the worse the experience uh, became uh, for, for obvious reasons. But I don't know, were you guys just playing on a regular computer monitor or um, kind of a mid, mid-sized TV? What exactly? I it's playing like stri- strictly handheld. Like something like when the screen is like 4 by 3 and 60 by 9 or do you mean like playing on a, on a portable versus a TV? I mean like, yeah, like did you play it handheld or like for instance, like I, I played a bit of it handheld and then um, but I, th- I felt like the best experience that I that I found was just on a computer monitor and actually playing with the 8-bit dough uh, uh, SN Pro uh, 30, uh, which was like here, this guy right here. So like pl- playing with with um, kind of the old school controller uh, felt the best, and playing on a smaller uh, screen felt felt much better than kind of blowing it up on a much larger screen. I felt like the platforming just just was not built for for that kind of experience, and was really difficult to to control. Uh, kind of catching, you know how like you sort of have to move just right to be able to move up and down the stairs. Like yes. it would like on the larger the screen that I was playing on, it wouldn't catch. Like and you would you would find like these areas that was really difficult to kind of traverse that part of the environment. Yep, uh, it happened even in uh, handheld mode for me too. Uh, just was I think the mechanic of it um, because of the stairs were kind of like on the back plane. Exactly. And depending on what you had to do to, if you were trying to go to the edge of the platform and you didn't want to go up the stairs, you had to kind of angle your directional pad to show that you were trying to go up the stairs, I guess. And it was still a yeah, little difficult that on that. Difficult. Yeah, I Yeah. So well, I think the really important thing is, did you moonwalk up the stairs? <laughs> yes, I've done that too. By accident. <laughs> that is what you have. If you're not doing <laughs> no, that, you have to. You have to. <laughs> moonwalk up the stairs and always catch the orb from the boss yes I think it's also because um, the game was originally intended to be on a play on the TV so that's probably why sure. it looks a little right. more of course yeah. so, but then yeah. again it, you know, on the switch you can just press the home button twice to zoom into like the game so if it ever becomes too small you always have that as an option I do that sometimes with um the Pokemon game because the text can be kind of small on my, especially because I sit far away from the TV, so it's kind of helpful if I can't read something, I just push it to zoom in and take a quick second to read it. You I had a bigger issue when it was bigger. Sure. Yeah. Not when it like the smaller it got, it was actually much easier. I think the the bigger that I that I was playing the game it was far far more difficult to control. Did it get blurry in some areas too with the graphics? Yeah. Yeah, and just like the 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 actual physics of the game felt like they they changed slightly. The larger, like I was playing, the largest screen that I played it on was sixty five inches, and that was yeah. just it was just like, oh my god! It's like it, it just didn't, yeah, it didn't did not. The work. game is like, I don't belong here. <laughs> yes, I need to play with the super controller. <laughs> Where am I? You're yes. in the future. Yeah, I was using the um, Switch uh, Super Nintendo controller. I got one of those, and it's been oh, a yeah, good investment. That's, that's really nice. I didn't think of that. I was using my Joy-Cons, and it, it's, it seemed to be okay. Um, and if anything happened, I just I just uh, blamed it on me, you know, and my 
my old hands. No. <laughs> so, uh, any final thoughts on this, guys? On the retro uh, rewind they, the game? Oh, no, I'm surprised you guys didn't bring up, like, um, I'm not sure if this is still related to Castlevania, but, like, the Blusting games. Have you guys ever played any of those two? Either Curse of the Moon or the, or the whatever the newer one is called. Like, I played a little bit of the 8-bit game. It's pretty good. NT Creates really knows how to, um, you know, make nostalgic games modern again. If you ever played Master Master or something like that. Yeah, I've, got I, it. I've actually followed NT pretty it closely for a time since uh, the Mega Man Zero series. They just know how to make 2D action platformers. Um, but yeah, Bloodstained um, Curse of the Moon is the... That's the one that's more retro-styled, and it is yes. specifically Castlevania III uh, because it's got the swapping between characters and things, mm -hmm. and they even imitate, three of them at least, even imitate the way Castlevania characters play. Um, cool. Yeah, I backed the game, and uh, I w would have played it day one, but because of the patches and everything they were working on, I decided I was going to hold off to play it, and then... That was probably a bad idea because then we got hit with everything else and I never got around to playing it. So I own it, but never got around to playing it. It's in my backlog now. <laughs> they've done, they've done a ton of work on that, right? Yes. Like it's playable now, right? Yeah, they've done a, they've done a lot of work on it. Uh, I get and probably John or Zablanc in our community has played it, and he'd probably be the best to ask questions from because I think he's played both. Sam, I don't know if you played both or you just played. Uh, um, I I canceled my Switch pre-order for Bloodstains and okay. got it on PC instead because I heard about the problems it was having. Yeah. Um. So I did play it. I I can't attest to how much better the the Switch port plays. Okay. Now, um, yeah. It is also very good. Um. I don't know. There are some small issues with it, but I think it's a it's a fine. You know, if you're hungry for Metroidvania style Castlevania, it, it is the best you're gonna do, you're gonna get. Cool. Yep. And that's that's why I wanted it too. So, and I've heard that I've read in several places that it, it, the improvements they made are very good and makes it uh, um, playable. And in fact, probably if you're not looking for it, you probably won't even notice some of the things that are wrong with it. So, uh, especially if you don't if you're mainly playing on the switch and you're not going back and forth with other like consoles, like a PS4 or an Xbox, then you, you'll probably be just fine. So which is why I'm excited for it. Eventually I'm hoping to play it. And I'm, I'm kind of, I've got it in mind as long as Nintendo doesn't come out with a, you know, another Luigi's mansion game, which I doubt, but just saying uh, that around Halloween, I'll probably try to play this for Halloween. So get me in that, you know, mood for Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> like we're, we're, as gamers, we're, we're always gonna have a backlog to the day we die. Like, like we'll be like fifty oh, yeah. years old, we'll have a backlog. Like, oh yeah, I gotta play that game from like 2016. That I never got around to being it. Like, uh, I have a plan for that. When I move into my retirement home, I'm taking all these games and stuff with me, and that's <laughs> I'll be able to attack my backlog there. <laughs> like all the time in the world, just like. I might as well sit here for the rest of my life. I might as well get these backlogs. Yes, I do think we will. We will come to a time in in our, you know, culture where video games become a thing that's associated with. That's what old people do. Yeah. <laughs> yes, those nurses will come in and be like, "Oh, Tim, you need to get off that thing. You haven't moved." 
That's fine by <laughs> me. Been staring at the screen all night. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'd be like, get me my controller. This one's dead. I need a new one. <laughs> this one's drifting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Damn Nintendo. <laughs> it'll be, by that time, it'll be Micro Tendo or something like that. Who knows? Because <laughs> Microsoft bought Nintendo or something. What's that? Oh, yeah, All VR. Yeah. VR is like the, the super Switch classic virtual version where you play some Mario World like in VR and see, you actually yes. see Mario. It's all the same as helmet on. That's the that's the VR goggles. Perfect. That's that's sign me up or jack me in like the Matrix. I'll take it. <laughs> all right, guys. Let's uh, we did. Uh, this is a good learning lesson for me too because this is our first retro rewind so I can see how long we would spend on a topic here um, but I wanted to definitely bring that up first because I didn't want to do it um, I wanted to give it its due diligence so because if it was a dessert item we might have you know tried to cut it short or anything like that so I wanted to bring it into the appetizer as an appetizer so we could talk about it and then move on to the main dish which is where does gaming go from here and the reason why I bring this up is because we ha- are living in a world where we have hybrid devices, our Nintendo Switches, a lot more games uh, going into the cloud so that you can play between a, a console device and uh, then go on the go with your phone or, or tablet or things like that, depending on what you want to go with, either xCloud or Stadia or soon to come other things like Amazon, whatever they're working on. And then uh, you got the smaller things like Google Play and Apple's uh, Play um, that have some games in there that have come over to the Switch. But basically, they're all there. They're they're doing games. And then you also have the... You have to keep in mind the retro games, especially like we just talked about, Retro Rewind, be able to go back and play some of those old games. So you got to think of backwards compatibility. So with all that in mind, and maybe anything else I didn't think of, you know, like VR and all that kind of stuff, where does games go from here? Where does it go from here? Sam, why don't you go ahead and start? Or did I put you on the spot? (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, it's a a big question, but uh, I think cloud, cloud gaming is an interesting thing because Nintendo is the one company that's not really pursuing it but I think they might be the one most well positioned to take advantage of it. If it, if we have the infrastructure for it um, in terms of just the success of their consoles, Um, because since the Wii Nintendo has always, you know, kind of said, Hey, we're not going to fight that battle on how many teraflops we can put in a box. You know, we're going to create something that you can't replicate with anything else because we're going to do we're going to do motion controls or we're going to do the tablet or we're going to have something that is a portable that you can dock um so if they're able to just outsource the actual computing power to a, a server farm somewhere then they can lean harder into that you know they don't have to worry about any of that now at the same time they would have to be able to partner with somebody because i don't think nintendo is large enough to I and mean, we've seen how Nintendo Switch Online struggles at this point. I, I don't right. think they can build the servers to do that. Um, 
but I, I think they're in a unique position compared to uh, uh, the others. Well, in speaking of that partnership, if they were to move into the cloud gaming aspect of things, we have several areas they could go, right? They have several areas they could go. They could join Sony and work with Microsoft to fight against, say, Amazon and Google and their farms and games and whatever Apple's using. I don't know what even Apple's using. Um, or they could work with Google or Amazon to use their servers. Um, or there's also NVIDIA because they also have their own cloud service that they were using. I know a lot of people have jumped off of it. A lot of companies have jumped off of it. Yeah. yeah, so, but that one intrigued me the most because they're already working with NVIDIA on, you know, the hardware side. But I guess, too, you don't want to have all your eggs in one basket. So um, they may not go with them. But who knows? Because I know they uh, they also have done stuff with them in China in regards to putting a couple of their Mario games in the cloud for NVIDIA in China. Well, we so, also had a Nintendo Direct with the words, our friends at Microsoft in it. Yeah. Yes. And Sakurai telling us, play Banjo-Kazooie on your Xbox. Yep. So there's yeah, always that aspect as well. If we're going to think about any of the, the larger cloud providers, because, I mean, obviously Amazon and Google have their own large clouds that they, that they support and they're continuing to, to expand. Uh, but the, the only one that I think would, would necessarily partner with, with Nintendo at this time to, to be able to, to build out the infrastructure to be able to support that type of of concept would, would be Microsoft with their with their Azure uh, with their Azure cloud for sure and I, and I agree completely with Sam I do think they would be well positioned if 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 that's happening in the background now they certainly have the IP to support that and and the cloud to be able to to put their um, their IP in the cloud and be able to play from from anywhere but the the market you could see is already becoming pretty pretty clouded I mean there's a, <laughs> not to use a, a, I didn't mean that um, by any means. Um, but um, but there's there's a there's a ton of providers already. I mean there's there's a there's a number of different cloud gaming startups that are popping up all over the place. So I think this is very quickly going to find itself in a place that uh, we're going to have a lot of choices similar to what we're already experiencing in the streaming space with you know uh, Netflix and Hulu and and Amazon Prime or what have you. I think we're going to have a, a lot of choice in the near future when it comes to our our cloud gaming and streaming gaming uh, uh, options. You guys, um, you guys have been talking about like cloud streaming stuff like that. I don't know if like Nintendo will ever like completely do that because this is the same company that like, you know, half the games don't even work on the cloud. Like I love Nintendo and everything, but you know sometimes they can be behind on things like the cloud cloud search, for example, or like the cloud gaming on the Switch is like, um, only, like the, barely any games work on the cloud when it comes to Switch. Only like two Japanese games worked on like work on the cloud, like Resident Evil and when the Assassin's Creed games. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't see Nintendo going full force with the cloud. Maybe like if that's like the only ch- option to do. Like every everyone else went to the cloud, so they have no choice to do it. But I don't know if that that seems like super distant in the future. If that makes sense. Yeah, I don't. I don't necessarily think that they would go into the cloud. I, I think that's what I'm saying. Like I'm not sure if they would have the partnerships or the access to the to infrastructure to be able to support that kind of play. I, that's what I'm saying. I think I agree with Sam. Like they. Think some of the the kind of off the wall stuff they've done and position themselves as as has really been their past and perhaps can can still be their future. 
Is it possible that they may even try to get away from anything gaming related at this level since they're trying to go to maybe the next, you know, they're trying to follow the Walt Disney plan, I guess, of trying to be that media type company first. And then they'd like to have control of a lot of things. So although we've seen them change over the since coming out with the switch, they've changed a lot of things on what they do. But is there some aspects of it to where they um, may not want to give up that kind of control? Because if they work with a partner, that's giving up some of that control they have. Although they are working with Universal, so I mean they 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 are doing they are working with other companies for things. So who knows? But it's it, it that's something I struggle with when I'm trying to think of those type of things. Is like what have they done in the past, and does that reflect on what they do in the future? And but maybe they are learning what they've done in the past. They have to change, so they have to do these things differently in the future. Are you talking about if Nintendo ever leaves the gaming market? Because, I mean, yeah, I'm starting to see Nintendo being more more media and stuff like that, but I think they're never going to give up the, their video game market because that's like, I'm pretty sure that makes them billions and billions of dollars. They're not going to ever fin- let, let that go, to be honest. That'll be- well, yeah, it won't be like tomorrow they'll let go of it, obviously, but uh, it's more of, it may not be their central pillar. And that's where we see more of the partnership. You know, we see, you know, the Mario Legos, we see the Levi's, we see, you know, Universal. Um, right. So I, th- I think Nintendo is realizing they can focus on just making games and they can partner with other people to develop their brand, which will hopefully just sell more games as well as, you know, get them a cut of that profit off of all these Legos and, and blue jeans and things people are buying. Yeah, let the other their companies IP is that gold mine. Yes, let the other companies that know how to do that kind of stuff let them handle it. That makes sense, and that's what we're seeing what they're doing too. So, um, I say my other prediction for Nintendo: I think post Switch, we're going to see them try to establish some kind of second pillar again. It may or may not work, and I think a better more powerful switch will probably come out after that whether or not the second thing sticks i think i think i'm expecting them to just do something really weird hardware wise next the only thing you can count on from nintendo is doing something weird yes isn't that what they're really known for because because if their their consoles haven't been as maybe haven't as performed as the other ones they've had to innovate and so you got the Wii with the motion controls and 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 how that tended to uh appeal to a much wider gaming audience than just what an xbox would and now that you have the switch you have this now this hybrid console which no one else is doing it's they they have been able to just like i guess set themselves apart for doing unique things with the consoles but then you also notice uh that didn't satisfy everyone so they made a switch light which was you know for the people who just wanted to do portable or handheld and now with all the talk about a switch pro because people want to be at home and have it on their big tv and have a a console that performs and can play and display the graphics and the kind of things that they want to do you know at home yeah, it seems like they're in a tough place, right? Because they got to keep those balances. 
Um, it's quite interesting, especially when you, you keep an eye on some of the, the rumors or the patents that they have. Uh, like one I think I remember seeing was about uh, a second screen on the Switch. Um, not sure if it's part of it or if it's a, a attachment or whatever, but it was very interesting to see that pop up in the rumor mill. I think the next Switch be like Switch DS, It'd be like the successor to like the DS. Yeah. Like the, the Nintendo 3 Switch DS, I don't know. Because <laughs> you know how, love, how much Nintendo loves the 3DS? They won't admit that thing is dead, even though it's just like. Don't, barely... don't forget to throw the word Galaxy in there. It's got to have in there. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't Galaxy. mind seeing more uh, more peripherals, more weird peripherals. I'm I'm always in the in the market right? for some some odd Nintendo peripherals that they can well, come and with. Given the Switch's design, there is an opportunity to make peripherals that slide in where the Joy-Con go. Which we haven't I seen. I hadn't thought about that. That's interesting. Yeah. I'm yeah. waiting for the Power Glove to make its big comeback. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. That's that's what I'm waiting for. It'll um, probably be a glove where you just slide in the Joy-Con into it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, exactly. Um, I don't think I don't think the LCD or the current TVs can display it. But uh, will we ever get a light gun or a, a zapper again? Well, I mean, Hyperkin does have that peripheral that kind of makes um, gun games work on TV. But I heard it's not that good, so I don't think we're up to that level yet where we can use light guns again on TVs because you know, HDs TVs are not able to do that anymore. Wouldn't it just be something where you slide this into it because it's got the you know, the IR blaster. The IR blaster. The main thing is to get a yeah. sensor like the Wii had. Otherwise, you got to constantly recenter it. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, like the, the, does the Switch even have a bunch of cursor controls? I think Gordo Goo did that or something, right? There, there's a few. I remember playing uh, The World Ends With You, the port of that that came to Switch, and it, it makes use of that to simulate the the DS touchscreen if you're playing docked, it's not perfect. Okay. And, and a lot of it's for that reason. You have to get really good about constantly recentering if you want to. Otherwise, it'll go all over the place. Hmm. Is that why I think, if I remember, it's been a while since I played 1-2 Switch, but didn't they have you recenter between the recenter of the Joy-Cons before, before each game? Like you had to set it down or something and then pick it up after it centered itself. Was there anything like that in, in uh, Mario Tennis as well? Did was that was that an issue? I don't remember that being an issue. There was the um there is a motion control mode. Uh it's not like a pointer, but it is gesture based. I don't know if you actually have to recenter. I mean, so it's a thing in Splatoon as well, but in Splatoon that is a little bit because you can compensate with the analog. Right. Okay. Might be just the sensors it uses in there too. So. Well, like the Wii, you had the sensor bar, which gave right our sensor a reference point. This is where the team is. Whereas with the Joy-Con, you have you have a sensor on the on the Joy-Con, but it has no idea where your TV is. So you center it, and it will drift as you move it around. It's basically just moving the cursor in response to how far you tilted the Joy-Con. But it doesn't actually know. It doesn't have any zero point to refer back to. Maybe they release like a sensor bar for the Switch that can make it basically a Wii again where you can just use a sensor to do cursor things and whatnot. Yeah. 
Well, the way that the um, the Wii and Wii U bar always work is um, it basically just provides uh, two points of light for the Wiimote to look at. Um, my son actually figured this out by uh, taking two tea lights, you know, lighting them, sitting them up and you know above the TV, and he's like, "Look, Dad, I fixed the I fixed the sensor bar," because that's that's all uh, the mode is looking for is two points of light, and since heat makes infrared light, that's yeah. that was the source that the the Wemo was the uh, was looking for. So yeah, that's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. <laughs> nice. It's like oh, yeah. the power's out. Oh, can't play the Wii, but we still have our candles, you know. So. <laughs> I think that only like calls light to like the the areas that motion control does do really well on the switch and how incredible that sort of is like when you're trying to flip the stake in in Mario Party like that's like I, I feel like that's pretty smooth like it, and I I always get a kick out of that It's it's it is amazing what you can do with the the Joy-Cons um when they motion do it right Motion control is still alive especially when Arms 2 comes out <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna announce them once they announce the arms character for Smash. Just you wait. Yes, yes. So, any final thoughts on the uh, where gaming can go from here, or whether it's specifically Nintendo or just overall the industry? So, I mean, I know I, we're still uh, on the cusp of you know the high-end graphics and all that kind of stuff yeah. that we see with PS5 and the Xbox X series, but it seems like. This is going to we're at, we're seeing a transition after these consoles of uh, you know cloud gaming services and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think that the uh, the decision to do that is definitely in Nintendo's court and their court whether they want to do that or not. Um, obviously, you know, like you mentioned. The deal, the licensing deals with, uh, you know, Levi's and, um, you know, the other, the other things, you know, this gives them that sort of uh, creative freedom to focus on their games, which um, I think is a good thing as long as they make the right choices. Um, something that I feel was not the best choice for them to do when they moved uh, what they you know transitioned generations from the Wii U to the Switch was the Virtual Console. And when the Virtual Console library was live, I mean, it, I, it was pretty cool. I got to download, you know, not just Nintendo Super Nintendo games, but stuff for the Turbo Graphics, Commodore sixty four, um, you know, just you know games that I never would have. Uh, you know, I never, never would have uh, come by. I never would have come by them, and they, their decision not to bring that over to the Switch generation, I feel that's, I feel that's kind of a missed opportunity, or maybe a step backwards, um, because I am interested in cloud gaming. I looked into the Stadia, um, but I, I thought it was, I thought it looked pretty cool. But I'm a classic gamer. Um, I play Borderlands or Witcher or anything. I didn't see any of the classic titles. And, you know, I don't want the classic titles to disappear, you know? Like, what if uh, what if Pong and 
adventure and you know all like the, the atari greats and you know the NES titles what if what if we lose what if we lose that stuff someday like i feel i feel like there should be like a library of congress section for video games if there isn't one already so there, you know, there is a uh, a retro a cloud retro gaming uh services that are, are starting to pop up as well that are pro- providing that like that service to people like you want to like subscribe and be able to go and and play old school games i mean because obviously archivists and uh kind of conservationists of old school gaming are certainly going to persist i mean that's that's not going away so and there there i'm i'm looking at a couple there seems to be a few that are starting to pop, pop up for um kind of that provide that that type of experience to to gamers like ourselves that really dig those those old school titles well and for the dark side there's also the emulation community that will do that too right totally um yeah uh, absolutely absolutely i never would have been able to play well i mean the question then becomes what's the future for you know nintendo switch online with you know the the super nintendo games um because that is that's what nintendo said this is the new virtual console you know take it or leave it and i personally like the business model but i am frustrated by how thin that selection continues to be after you know what is it three years now well i guess the service launched not as long ago but and they're still adding. They came out that there's another four this week. You know that they're that yeah. they're adding. and I'm happy they're added to it. It's just yeah, yeah. And, and to to your point, um, they you know when the Wii U came out, they carried forward all the Wii Virtual Console. Now you had to boot the Wii U in Wii mode to play them, unless you wanted to pay the dollar. I think it was to you know. And then you could, you know, play it uh, on the tablet and stuff. There were some extra features if you if you got the Wii U version. But I mean, and right off the bat, you know, the Wii U had the most games, oddly enough, because it had the whole Wii Virtual Console. This is why I'm not sure exactly why licensing is completely an issue because those games you're not buying individual games. You're paying for a subscription service that allows you the catalog that they're making available. So there's no direct revenue from the individual titles. Doesn't that mean they could go back and get something and like you like you if you wanted an NBA jam, I know that's there's a lot of licensing with players and team names, but I'm not paying for NBA jam, I'm paying for Nintendo Switch online. And then it just happens to come with it. If Chris doesn't get his NHL ninety four in a cloud gaming service. <laughs> He's coming through the screen. He's coming for somebody. <laughs> Can I say something about the Virtual Console Switch Online? That's okay. Yeah, go ahead. No, because I forgot who was saying it, but you were talking about how like um, you missed the Virtual Console and you know, we're down over this in the Switch Online. I think what happened was um, when the Virtual Console was still around, people were kind of like begging Nintendo. It's like, hey, Nintendo, I don't want to buy like tomorrow for like the fifth time already why not you just make like a netflix style service and then like put the games out that way i guess like it's one of those instances where, like be careful what you wish for because that's exactly what nintendo did they created like kind of a netflix thing however they they just didn't implement it very well like you know they, they at first they were doing a good job giving us a game each month but then for some reason they were like oh we're gonna release them whatever the heck we want to and then, like not only that they're releasing random games and 
another issue is that nowadays companies are trying to put like their retro games in collections. Like, you know, yeah. we we're talking about Contra recently, and you know, uh, Konami just released the um, Castlevania collection, meaning like the first three Castlevanias and some Castlevanias is not going to be in the Switch Online because they want you right. to buy that collection. Like a lot of classic games that people are complaining about, I was like, why isn't this game in there? Why isn't this game in there? It's because you know they have them in the collection and stuff like that. So it's like. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I kind of prefer the virtual console because I like to own my games, so, you know, in case something happens. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. But um, oh, like like it it I I feel like if if people they complained to Nintendo saying they wanted that, they would have like done the virtual console over again. But because people were like begging Nintendo to be unique and you know get with the times, they were like, oh, we should do the the, the Netflix thing like they said to do. Some of the some of the like kind of um, I guess you'd say like more obscure titles that they've put through the services though have been the first time I've ever been exposed to those. So I I am thankful for that. There's a, a few of those boat duel man. What do you? <laughs> I don't know, but I like it. Yeah, and so I am I am thankful that they have brought some of those titles because those are those are things like you were talking about, Vin. Like I you would never I would have never seen that before. I would have never had the opportunity to to play that because you only come across that if I had the the old school console and i may have stumbled upon that game at a at, you know a yard sale or something you know so it, i think that's pretty cool you know it's actually it adds a legitimacy to the game if it's on the, the current console like if i try to get my kids to play super mario brothers and dragged out the old console and I had to blow in the cart and plug in a wired controller they're like this is old stuff dad i don't want to touch that but they go on the switch and like oh but i can do it here too it's kind of cool because it's it's current still, in a way. Anyway, yeah, I, I can't, there's a joke I kind of say around myself where it's like, no matter what Nintendo's next console is, they will make sure you play Super Mario Brothers in, on it. It's like, okay, whatever next console you, you better make, believe make sure it. You play Super Mario Brothers on it. I don't care. <laughs> that's another joke I have for myself, honestly. Yeah, I, well, that was speaking of the kids side of things. Uh, uh, what was really cool is to see without any prompting from me or anything like that, I was seeing my youngest son just kind of go into the, you know, the NES online or the Super NES online and uh, play some of those games, trying them out on his own, which was really cool. So to see, and that's that's what I like to see about that. So going with what you were saying, Chris, is it's on their device. Uh, they have it on their Switch. We have the family uh, Nintendo online thing. They have access to it. And... They can get, they could play those classic games that we hope we get to see, like Vince was saying, keep up on and put in there. Um, so, I mean, they're easier because they're just the pure buds at the controls for kids starting out. Yeah, it's just so much easier for them to. It's a, it's a gateway. Yeah, it's a gateway drug. <laughs> First one's free. <laughs> <laughs> brothers one two and three i feel like they're gonna be like there for a long time also remember i think there's like a foundation called the video game history foundation and their job is to basically like archive uh any old oh, yeah. retro game like recent not really recent but like they had like they re- retrieved a sim city nes game yes they, they recently found that out there's like you know we have people who are out there trying to like find like lost games and stuff like that sure there are people who are like you know keep it hostage but you know, there's some there's some companies that you know they, like, I, I appreciate the archive thing. I hope that's something to keep for a long time. I hope that like, my great-great-grandchild can play some my brothers three in the future. Yeah. 
Yeah, and then speaking of the Video Game History Foundation, they are on Patreon as well. And uh, at one time I was giving them money to help conserve some of these things. But with, you know, recent things going on, I had to cut back a little bit there. But hopefully I'll be able to go back there and uh, donate to help them with their conservation efforts. Um, and right, in fact, Tim, one last question sure, I want to ask about the main topic, or the, the main course was, uh, do people think in the future that there'll be more, the Nintendo, Sony, Microsoft will have more incentive to cross-platform games uh, with competition from Google and, and, the other, and these bigger companies? Or are they, are they going to stay, stay their own lane? No, I think I think the consumers have really spoken on that. We really expect everybody to to kind of play well, nice and you know, in the sandbox. And I think N- Nintendo and Microsoft kind of led the way with that a little bit. And we've seen like even some of the crossplay between Steam and and Nintendo recently has also shown that I think people are starting to really warm up to that. Didn't didn't even PlayStation now allows you to to do a little bit of crossplay with some other platforms of certain games. Yep, I think that's really our expectation as consumers. These other console wars are dead. And they sort it's of now are services a of war. It's a services war now. So well, it's almost kind of like the you know there is no console war. It's it's you know it's a or studios war. Thing you look at like Marvel and DC Comics, they fed off of each other for so long. You know, it, yeah. There were fanboy arguments about which was better, but at yeah. the end of the day, you know, they brought fans into comic books together. Yep. And I, I think it's going to be what kind of what we saw start at the game award show where all three of them, you know, the leaders at the time came out together and talked about a little unity there. But what I'm seeing now is more of each of these companies are tackling what their their own their own niches, if you will. So their own areas like Sony's got their you know, story, narrative-driven, single-player type games where Microsoft is more of the online things, but they're, they're trying to build now towards the single-player aspect. So, uh, and then Nintendo is just Nintendo. So, <laughs> where it's, you know, family-oriented with maybe a little bit of, uh, you know, mature audiences every now and then. So, um, but, and it, way gamers have been growing up into it like myself is i always been a nintendo gamer plus one more and it's all and it's usually been playstation because i knew what i could get out of nintendo and i knew i wasn't going to get some of those things i wanted out of say that i could get out of playstation or microsoft so i had to pick one um but now we're seeing i think where they're they're kind of focusing on their areas and not, you don't see Nintendo trying to come in. Every now and then they might have something, but you don't see them trying to take over the family area of gaming, you know, like Nintendo has. Or Microsoft's not trying to come in and knock down that door either. You see more of a partnership, I think. Um, so it's, and it's now, to me, has been more of the services and studios. You know, here's our studios. Here's what our studios, first parties or second parties will provide. And, uh, you know, you can only play them on our console, even though you can play a lot of the games you like on all three of these consoles. There's these, these, these certain ones you can play on ours. And I think that's where it's going to start going more and more. What do you guys think? It's, it's why I'm more excited about EA finally coming back to the Switch because, yeah. again, I'm missing a lot of the sports. I really want it. I want, I want to get the NHL. I want to get the NBA. 
I'm really yes. hoping that they can play nice. Yeah, that would be nice. If I could say kind of response to that question about like the competitions like that, I think there's still kind of some competition between Sony and Microsoft. Like, sure, they seem buddy buddy and stuff like that, but you know, keep in mind they're we have they're gonna release their new consoles this year and. I also have a thought that the reason why none of them have set a price for any of their consoles because um, they're waiting for one of them to stay at first and then they can, you know, one up them be like, Makes oh, sense. we're going to do $100 less. Yeah. It's, like, it's kind of like a game of chicken that I said on YouTube. We are like, you know, one of them was waiting for one of them to say the price and then when they say it, then they will attack it to some extent because to be, to, be, to be honest, competition is always good for anybody. It sure is good to be lovey-dovey, but at least it's good to bring that out so you that. Like, I want to say really quick, um, Sony and Microsoft, I think they just, they're kind of like keeping them in mind. They're sadly not keeping Nintendo in mind. I think they're just like leaving Nintendo being like, like the sun there. But and in the end of the day, I think all the companies are still kind of like doing their own thing, but they still kind of have their eyes on the competition to see what they're going to do. Definitely. Well, it's all yeah, about the numbers, right? So Total, Totally. And I don't, I don't necessarily think they're going to be all buddy-buddy best friends, but I certainly think consumers demand the ability to be able to play with their other f friends that have purchased other consoles, you know, for, for games that do allow for, for cross-play or are just na natively organically cross-play cross enabled. Um, th I think that's the only piece, you know, because I think at this point, everybody's sort of s subscribed to their brand, what they, what they prefer. Same thing with your, you know, your smartphone. You know, it's like you're you're kind of an Apple or an Android person as, as it is, and I, I think it's the same thing. You're either a, a PlayStation or an Xbox person, and most people, you know, have at least through this this uh, Nintendo console have been a, a Nintendo person as well, or like Tim, you know, Nintendo Plus One um, kind of household. Or they're gonna have to get I used to. Think, I think. Sorry. I do think that you know Nintendo is less of a fierce competitor in that sense than Microsoft and Sony are with one another. Cause it, I think it's just for the consumer, it's hard to justify owning an Xbox and a PlayStation versus yeah, owning an Xbox yeah. and a switch or a PlayStation, and a switch or switch and a PC. Um, those other Sony and Microsoft do interfere with each other. I think more than they do with Nintendo. Yeah. And where Nintendo comes in, I think their interference is, is that uh, the third parties is trying to get some of those games, and maybe they Nintendo knows they can't get all of them, obviously, because of the qu higher quality graphics in a lot of cases, and they've just said it themselves, they're not focusing on graphics, um, but there's, there's still a lot of their consumers are demanding, hey, if, if I can play it over there, I want to be able to play it over here. Um, like like Chris and I are wanting some of those sports games over here. You know, we would like to see some of that. How they do it is what we would like to see some creativity in. Maybe, yeah, you can't display the same graphical horsepower on the PlayStation or Xbox for Madden that you could on their devices or their hardware that uh, on a Switch, but that's why we're saying be creative. Maybe, you know, hit the whole... The, um, the old school market or the nostalgia market and come up with, you know, bring over 94 uh, graphic NHL with the new rosters or something, you know, can hit the communities that are doing it on their own and say, Hey, go come over here, play it on ours. It could be another, another revenue point, I guess. So who knows? I mean, it's just, there's a lot of opportunity there that I always think that 
could be looked at and not understanding, I guess, maybe some of the business aspects, maybe there's something more to it that that's not as easy as I'm in my little mind can think of, but <laughs> I think that there's some opportunity there. You mentioned sports games. I was just, that reminds me, um, what if like in the next sports game, they put like uh, Mario and Luigi and Peach. Cause I don't know if you remember, but there was like an old GameCube game, GameCube basketball game that was, I think it was like NBA street. And the GameCube version had like the Mario characters in it. So if they do something like that, like Madden, you can play as Mario, Luigi, or Peach. Like, <laughs> that would be cool. They could do like what Sam's doing with XCOM too, is you know make them look more real, but call them you know Mario or Peach or whatever. <laughs> It'd be kind of funny, and but give them the colors or whatever. <laughs> That'd be kind of funny. So, but definitely, the, I just wanted to bring this topic up because I found it interesting of, I know it's obviously easy to look at what's being rumored, what's being talked about, um, and what could possibly Nintendo be doing, say, for the Switch 2 or even game games in the cloud. I always said on the uh, Nintendo Dads podcast, whenever we've had the opportunity to talk about it, that I think... Nintendo has something big before this coronavirus thing happened. They've had something big up their sleeve that we don't, it's just, I don't know. It's my gut says there's something big going to happen. It might be delayed now, but there's something big going to happen. That's going to probably blow our minds. What that is. I don't know. Maybe it is more cloud based games. Maybe it is a partnership, but I think there's something there. And that's the reason why we they've been slow before the coronavirus, and now even slower now. I feel like if it wasn't for this whole um, coronavirus going on, we'd have gotten so much more better news. Like again, the Paper Mario game they just recently announced. I feel like they were saving for that for the rug, but we're so close to the end of the game. We're like, you know what? The game isn't like out in two months. We have to let them know about the game now. Like, you know, yeah. If, like, if, if we would have had like so many directs or something like that. If it wasn't for this whole you know, pandemic screwing everyone around this year, unfortunately. There, part of me says I agree with you, but there's a part of me that's a little bit of disagreement because of what they were doing even before we were thinking coronavirus. It, they weren't telling us much after Pokemon. You know, it was like, when are we going to get the next direct? When are we get the next direct? We got an indie direct, and then we got a mini direct, but the mini direct was happening towards the beginning of coronavirus. And they even said in that mini direct, that was, you know, some of these things may not happen because of the, the situation. So something was slowing down there for what? And that's, what's bothering me. Like there's got it before the whole coronavirus thing, there was something slowing down there. What were they preparing for that was not able to drop now because of coronavirus. Now we have to wait even longer to figure that out. That's where I'm. That's where my mind bothers me about this a whole little thing. Bit, uh, I think there's a little bit to what Dan Caparello was saying last night on on the show, was like you know perhaps this this shadow drop is the new direct. You yeah, know? yeah. Uh, you know, and to be honest, like I I kind of like these surprises. You know, I get yeah. a wake up and there's a oh there's a new game coming out like that's it's different. You know, right? that's kinda, yeah, and because you've seen like now the whole market is like oh we can make these directs you know like uh, and everybody mm -hmm. has their own little showcase now and so now nintendo's like maybe looking to the next thing i think they, uh, dan was also talking last night on on the show about um you know it doesn't have the nintendo doesn't have the same marketing leadership that it did you know with with reggie and, and iwata being 
being gone and uh just like new faces and 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 perhaps they are taking a slightly different direction from uh from from uh, doug bowser you know in this yeah. in this case makes sense is it isn't part of it they just can't physically be together to to produce some sure. of those big yeah. shows anymore yeah. i mean but that's, that's the tough part right is because the coronavirus screwed everything up so it's hard to predict anything but that's what i'm saying is before this they were still before we even were thinking coronavirus is screwing everything up there was still that slowdown of them not giving us that all that information it was just bits and pieces there and that's why even that even before last night dan was talking about this right a long time ago and back in January, in fact, I think, or something like that, January or February, he was like, I think they're doing something different. They're not going to do directs anymore. So, and we all, well, I was like, ah, you're funny, Dan. That's, you're crazy. They're not going to stop doing directs. <laughs> Five months later. Yeah. Well, yeah they're still not doing it. Can I just uh, say, like, isn't it the, oh, so, look, okay. Can I just say, isn't like the beginning of the year usually like the slowest? Like this is the thing that happened last year where like you guys were complaining in the podcast. There's nothing going on in the beginning of the month. And then, like, at the end of the year, we got, like, a game after game after game. And that was not, like, 2019 that happened? Last year, it was, uh, we thought it was going to be in January. It was not. It ended up being, like, mid-February or something like that, or towards the end of February. I have to look real quick. Um, but, yeah, it was. And, in fact, the, uh, the Nintendo guru always teases Justin about this, about his, Justin's guarantee. Oh, we were going to have a... Last year, we were going to have that January direct, and it never happened. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, but it still ended up happening. We didn't get a direct this year, and it wasn't in still wasn't a full direct. It was a mini direct until March, was it? With like the Animal Crossing the- direct, and then yeah. that that reviewed those contests. Then we had the mini direct. And the, in, the in Pokemon a, DLC thing too, and the DLC, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, but you, they the had the individual showcase. game things, but they didn't have a a regular direct, right? And it ended up being April. a mini direct, which was cool, and we we're like, oh, but then it was like, it's this is the way it is, and then we we're thinking, oh, this is light because of the coronavirus too. So, again, coronavirus throws a wrench in a lot of things, but well. I think it's kind of weird because sometimes it seems like people think Nintendo has this like pile of finished games that they're just trying to figure out when to release. Like, but crunch is a really bad thing (laughs) in this industry. Yes. Like you can't release a game until it's finished. Uh, Now, certainly they are planning ahead and they're probably making a tough decision right now about, you know, how much, you know, how much do we have to crunch to get this game out by the holiday season. And that's probably what Nintendo's leadership is thinking right now. You know, can we even do that? You know, how much is that going to cost us? And Chris, I think you were trying to say something. Go ahead. No, yeah, to my like I could I could see what you guys were saying on the podcast. The, the the news was light up until the coronavirus was even. So not even having that. I think we just we might be reading too much into this Paper Mario, you know, out of nowhere. That this might just be a one-off. And it could be what what Sam and you guys were saying and everybody yesterday, too, when Justin was saying there may be stuff that's ready or close to ready, and they couldn't say that it was because everything's all up in the air and what could be finished at home because they can't be in the office. But I think what we're really going to see the hardest hit time will be in 2021. Yeah. 
where a lot of those mid-development games are just now just sitting off. They can't do the bulk of the work because they're not in the office. At home, they can't do it because they have to have higher-powered computers or whatever, whatever the case may be, or, you know, lockdown environment, you know, because they don't want any leaks. So, um well, that's I mean, this, it's the same thing with the, the movie industry. Like, so if, uh, if if films weren't ready to come out before coronavirus, some stuff you can edit at home. But where you're going to see a real uh, gap is going to be, you know, November, December, when the films that they should have started, they're just filming right now. And which is, they won't be able to start for another year or so. Which is why they probably have, they do have a set of games that are ready and had this whole plan going before coronavirus, but now have to say, uh, all right, coronavirus screwed up our plan, so we need to reset our release dates so that we can spread it out and spread it out, yeah. And And Nintendo's, like, made the point that, uh, you know, we even talked about it um, uh, on the last last show, was they they take crunch very seriously, and they don't like putting their developers in in a bind. And they've talked about, we'll let give developers the, the leeway and the, and the leash to be able to finish games in the, in the amount of time that it's, it's necessary. And, I mean, I don't see that changing during this process, right? I mean, they're probably, that's company culture, and they're going to continue to try to maintain that. Yes. Definitely. Well, guys... We're at the dessert portion. Are you guys full? Uh, do you guys have enough room for dessert? Always <laughs> room for dessert. Absolutely. You squeeze them there, yeah. Well, hopefully Vince can come back. Oh, I see him waiting. He's waiting. I'm surprised he wasn't able to get back in right away. I didn't think he had to wait the last time. I'll have to see if I can turn that off so he doesn't have to wait <laughs> for me to notice that he's sitting there waiting. Oh, there's Vince. Yeah. He was in the waiting room. He was in the green room. Vince was in the green room. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Sorry, Sorry about that. Again. I just noticed you were in the in the waiting room again. I was surprised you had to go back to the waiting room. But we were just we just finished up the the uh, main dish. Uh, you feeling all right? You had to keep getting up and down from the dinner table. So I want to make sure you're feeling all right. It, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, aren't Century Link? You know, you go ahead and pay them, and they start. Jerking you around with oh, your internet. Yeah. He, he had too much to drink. <laughs> too much to drink, so you got to get up and go to the bathroom, huh? So you got to get up from the dinner table. So I hope you got room for dessert, Vince, because we're getting ready to talk about what I want to ask you guys is we have we had our first Retro Rewind game. I want you guys to think about what should our next Retro Rewind game be. So anything off the top of your head, and there's a couple things that we try to keep in mind when we're thinking of a game, man. If we can't come to consensus here, I can always take, you know, your votes on a game and put them in in, uh, Discord and see what people vote on a game, and we can go from there. Uh, I'm not sure we're talking like 64 below or like something from PS2 era, so I can have a good uh, good question. Uh, Nintendo games, uh, retro rewind Nintendo games, and they have to be pretty accessible for everybody to be able to participate um, if they want. But it doesn't have to be like overly accessible. It could be because a lot of people could respond uh, based on nostalgia as well like or memories and say, hey, you know, um, this is um, this is my memory of the game. I didn't play it, but this is my memory of the game. 
Yeah, I suppose they should be in like some sort of collection that you could purchase on the Switch or on either of the classic consoles, for instance, right? Classic consoles or NES or the uh, Nintendo Online, or even since we still have access to Wii U uh, to be able to go to the virtual console if you bought it already there. So, or if you've got the original hardware, you can still do it too, but it's mainly trying to be accessible. Oh, can't forget 3DS as well. Sorry. You can also get some of these games on 3DS virtual console as well. So, um, so that's the criteria. We try to make it easy so people could play along if they want to. Uh, but again, I try to, I'm trying not to restrict it to that either, where it could be, if you just have memories of it that you want to share, uh, you can. And we'll next, keep evolving this as we go along, too. So, well, next month is the summer, so I don't know if you could think of any summer ish games, like either any retro games that maybe you played in the summertime or something. Okay. Like Star Tropics? <laughs> That's a good one, I guess. Star Tropics. I mean, I always wanted to play Star Tropics. There's a YouTuber who loves that game called Nitro Red. Is, I mean, is, is that a good game, Star Tropics? Here's like basically like Zelda or something. I think that I one's a little it. rough. Yeah, I never played it. <laughs> um, yeah, what I, what I I dove into, um, it it was a little rough. Um, so I got I have I have the the SNES uh, uh, games from SNES Online up here right now. So uh, I, I guess what my, one of my questions is, Tim, like, what are games that uh, you guys did in the past that that um, that you perhaps don't want to repeat. I mean, because some of these are immediately, I would replace Super Metroid in a heartbeat. I mean, right? Yeah, they uh, Super Metroid was one they did already. Yeah, I figured, um, yeah. in the past. Um, what about uh, Kirby's Dreamland Three? That's one That's... I've never played all the way through. Okay. You know, since since I mentioned Mother earlier, what about Earthbound? Oh, you know, I mean, it's kind of easy to get to. You can play on the Wii U or the Classic Edition, but then again, it's kind of an RPG, so that, that's going to take a minute for people to beat by next month. <laughs> Yeah, it is something though too. Depending on the game we pick, if we want to do it in parts, we can. So um, we can put that down. And if it is a long game, I'll look at how long it takes to beat the game. Well, from what the website said, how to how long to beat is like eighteen hours. So it's it's, it's understandable. Um, but yeah, what what games have you done in the past, uh, Tim? So I can like know what to say. Sure, I would say just throw out anything, and then I will uh, lo- look it up to make sure. But usually, a lot of these have been games that we've done before. Um, but I will have to definitely make sure. Um, it's not a game, but you play Nintendo Switch. I kind of want to say Crash Three because it's my favorite video game. But technically, that's not a Nintendo game, even though you can basically play the insane strategy in the Switch. So technically, <laughs> it's a Nintendo game. I don't know. I got gotcha. you. I see. It's one of my favorite games. It's it's, yeah. it's it's one of those games. It's my comfort game. I can always go back to whenever I want to. I should make I should make an addition to play it once a year or something. But then I haven't really beat the. I used level. to play Earthbound. Well, I'll say I'll say probably the main Nintendo games published games are probably the ones that were done first, like the Super Metroid or you know Super Mario World. I don't think Star Fox was done, or even Kirby Dreamland Three. Yeah, uh, this well, little, I've never played Kirby Dreamland Three. So it's that's always kinda... lived in the shadow of Kirby Superstar. <laughs> yeah, basically. it came out after, but it feels like it should have came out before. I'm in. I'm in. On one, that. the one I was looking at was the Super Mario RPG because of the recent announcement of Paper Mario. 
Um, that's another game I, that's on my backlog that I want to beat. I, I was starting. I kind of okay. started playing that again, but I didn't get around to doing it. But like you said earlier, it's on the backlog. I'll probably yeah. beat it after I beat Mother Three if my Everdrive doesn't come in the mail. I was also kind of. I was also saying maybe Wild Guns because that was announced for the Switch Online, and I heard it's a pretty fun Super Nintendo game. Also because I think they have like a remastered edition called Reloaded or something. That was out a while ago. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah well, that's coming soon. That's on the coming soon right now. Yeah, the Wild Guns oh. we could do once it comes out on the tw- was it twentieth May twentieth. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot the date. <laughs> oh, oh, I know what. There's a good one. What about? This is also convenient to switch online. What about Pound of the Pond? That's kind of a fun game. You ever played that? That's the new one. Also, that's coming out. Well, that's the original one. The one that we got in the states is called Tetris Attack. But I guess Nintendo's like, you know, they they, they were like, you know, maybe I might as well give you this version of the game instead. <laughs> So, I mean, I feel like we're not going to get any Tetris Attack anymore because of the whole thing. But yeah. I don't know. Like, it, it's, it's a fun game. Tetris Attack. I don't know if you ever played it, but, like, it's kind of like the things go up and then, like, you have to, like, move things around. And then it's very stress-inducing because just, like, the thing gets at the top. You have, like, five seconds to do some random combo before it goes down again. Yeah. It gets very competitive. Like, my friend Rob, he, he was in a tournament for that at Long Island Retro. He's mastered, like, ten whole minutes. I was just then going back and forth. With combos or something like that. That was, that was a sight to see. Absolutely. I mean, I've got, I got, you know, all kinds of love for Tetris. I mean, that was, I mean, when I had, uh, when I got my Game Boy, um, I almost didn't buy any other any other games for it because I mean it was just like the perfect game right for it. um and uh if uh if you guys have uh have about an hour the uh the gaming historian channel did a great great um piece all about the uh the history of Tetris like the story of how it came out you know this whole um you know something you know, like this game developed in the shadow of communist Russia, and it's it, it's it's really fascinating, actually. Like, to, I, love how, I love how the story broke out about the girl who married Tetris came out while he was developing that story. I don't remember yeah. that story about the girl who married an NES cartridge of Tetris, and then like people were like, "I can put that in the videos." Like, oh, I don't think I want to. Some random stuff that you hear on the news sometimes. Yeah. Um, what about the first Paper Mario game? That that's you could play that on the Wii U still, and you know the the new one's coming out soon, and it's it's not as easy acceptable as like Mario RPG, but you know if you have a Wii U, you can always download on the virtual console. So I'm not sure if that counts for your criteria or not, Tim. Yeah, it's a bit, if it's available there, I it. I wonder if it's available on the 3DS Virtual Console too. I'm not sure. You can't play 64 on the 3DS. I'm talking about the Wii U. Oh, okay. Like, I was going to ask, what, where was the original Paper Mario from? Was that Super Nintendo or? 64. Oh, okay. It was originally supposed was to be Super but then Square was like, Nintendo, you suck <laughs> for doing cartridges. So they were like, okay, fine, I'll make a Paper Mario then. And then the rest was history. Yeah. We can pick my yeah. That was your door. Um, let's see what else. Um, June, June. Is it, put us on the spot here, Tim. I'm trying to think hard. What game? <laughs> it's, all right. like, it's all right. It's all right. 
Like I said, uh, we don't have to come up with it now. We can, uh, you guys can put it in the chat if you guys got something you want to talk. You know, what you got? If you got something, I wrote down the ones you guys came up with so far. Um, I put know. a vote in for Super Punch Out, Tim. Super Punch Out. That's a good one. And I never understand how to play that game. It's like you have like the bar that goes like from the top, and you have to like hit it at the right moment. That's a complicated game. It's actually more. It more like resembles the um, the arcade version of Punch Out when it was like first first made right, for right. the arcade. It was sort of like uh, it was sort of like you know dual screens before it was cool. Yeah. Like, yeah, and they have to make little the, Mac. They have to make little Mac so small that you can see around them. Right. Yeah. See how they replicate that, and because uh, that game was on that game is on the arcade archives, uh, the original Punch Out. And did you see how they like did it? You have like one screen at the top, one screen at the bottom. It's very uh, unique how they actually replicate the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else? Uh, what is what's, what happened in June? RPGs. Um, we, we someone mentioned Mario RPG. That's a good one we can try and do, even though that's also a long game. But someone yep. already said that. Yeah, um, Super Mario RPG was one, and then. Then you got the Paper Mario one that you mentioned. It's good, is another good one too. Then we got the uh, Kirby Dreamland three that was thrown out there. Earthbound, uh, Wild Guns, Panel Dupont, and Super Punch Out. So far is what I wrote down. There's another game coming up for the Switch Online called Vigar. Is that game any good? Because I heard that game was pretty yep. good. Yep, that's on the list. Vigar uh, is a NES game. It's like a crazy yo-yo thing. Yeah, I, I never took that. I think it was the right game. Yes. No, that's Star Tropics. I'm talking about Rygar. That was they announced Rygar for the Switch Online, and some people are saying, "What the heck is this game?" Some people are saying, "No, Rygar is gonna be so great." Dan Dan was like out of his seat when he heard Rygar was coming to NES, so <laughs> he seemed to be excited about that one. Like, that's that, that's one thing I liked about Switch Online. I mean, no people kind of you know BS on it and stuff like that, but it's like. No, we have like all these games for like twenty dollars a month. It can't be that. Yeah, it's like some of, some of the they already have all the classic games. They're like super. A lot of people are kind of when they announced that, the other people were like, "Actually, where the heck is um Donkey Kong Country?" And you hear a lot of people asking themselves, "Oh, they're gonna do something special for Donkey Kong Country? Maybe they're gonna do like the thing they did for the Wii U, where they made it a big deal. It's like all oh, three Donkey Kong Country games and all three Donkey Kong Land games are coming on the Nintendo Wii U. They gotta do Maybe something in September. Keep those people paying. <laughs> I really hope country because I want to play that game, but I, I'll, I'll admit I use safe states. I'm sorry, I'm not a. Hey, you play good. how you want to play. You play <laughs> to have fun. That's how I look at it. That, that's how I do. I have I have we homebrew, you know, because because I got kids. I got a busy life, you know. I can't I can't always start from stage one all over again. No. No. <laughs> People, people have look down. Using Boy, man. Iron Man mode. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, let's see. And then there's uh, the other one that's coming out, too, that they're releasing with those games we mentioned, the Wild Guns and Panel Dupont. There's Operation Logic Bomb. I have no idea what that is, but I just wanted to throw that out there. That's another Super NES game that they're releasing on the same day. Um, so, but I've got a lot to start with. Um, like I said, you can drop it in the dinner table. Actually, we'll put it in Retro Rewind channel in Discord. 
um, if you come up with anything else. Um, and I'll put the question out there for anybody else in Discord as well to come up with something. Hopefully we'll come up with something by the end of next week that we can play. Maybe it's something we can work off for the next couple months as well. So maybe the top one or two selections, we can say, okay, we're going to do this one and then do this ne next one. Or depending on the timing, I might say, let's work on this one and this one. These were the top two or something like that. So we'll kind of play with it and see how it goes. Uh, but I wanted to get you guys guys's thought on that so appreciate it and that's pretty much it you guys full is you guys have you guys good hope you guys have your drinks i forgot mine i forgot my water oh we're <laughs> to be there's beers in the fridge or there's a beer <laughs> you uh, have a beer or a drink or something like I that i have some very, by now very cold tea oh. mm. I got a cup at least. All right. So what I like to do is at least send off for the cheers. And so if everybody's got something, a drink that they can grab or a glass or beer. Or... Perfect. Everybody's got something. So with that, I'd like to say <laughs> may your gaming time be plentiful and fun. Your backlog short and you and your family is blessed. Good night, peeps. Good night, guys. Thanks for inviting me. Good everybody. Thanks. Thank you all for attending. Right. It's delicious. Thank you. <laughs> Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com.